All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. What an excellent day for an There is no shortage of monsters to haunt our dreams. You got red on you. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Oh the Horror, a podcast where we talk about classic and modern horror films from an expert and a newcomer's perspective. I'm the expert, Rob Holmes. And I'm the newcomer, Steve Allman. And today we are talking about Tommy Warcola's Dead Snow and Dead Snow 2 Red vs. Dead. Right. Uh, and now when we picked this, I straight up did not know how old this first movie was. Yeah, we're, we're celebrating ten uh, years old. Ten years, yeah, on Dead Snow. It's that's crazy. Right? I, I could have sworn that this came out a lot sooner than I thought. Um, but yeah, this has kind of stood up the test of time, at least for the very first Dead Snow, as kind of a cult classic. This kind of came in during the height of like some Nazi zombie fandom, like the the height of Nazis well, and the height of Nazi zombies. I guess. Yeah, you could I say. guess. I guess when we're looking at so this is a Norwegian horror film. Both of these are. The second one is kind of a cross between an American Norwegian film um, because they they filmed it in both. So you had you know, English and Norwegian for that. Um, the first Dead Snow, by the way, you you have to watch this subtitle. Do not watch the dub. The dub is. Oh man, I saw a copy of this dub and I was like, uh-oh. oh no, turning it off, turning uh-oh. it off because the dialogue is absolutely atrocious. It makes every character seem. It makes Erland just seem like the most annoying character in the world if you're watching oh, the yeah, dub. Oh, yeah, I believe it. Now, if you're watching yeah. the regular, yeah, he's a little cheesy and quirky, but I like every character when you're hearing when you're just hearing native language and you're reading subtitles. That's why yes. that's what works in this film a lot. So, I don't it doesn't matter if your friends are like, "Nah, I I like the dub." No, no, you don't. You don't like the dub. You do not. <laughs> I, I think I think it's a it's a fairly easy excuse for most people to say that they like right. the dub because of that because it is easier to go through but like there's some movies that like you kind of have to let that come over you which I think is an interesting conversation because if we were to see a movie that's like pretty much shot for shot like this dialogue for dialogue in yeah. English would it even be as good no no look this movie no Tommy Workola he's just a, he's a good director I know there are people who will say Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters isn't great. Most of those people haven't seen the movie. It's actually, I thought it was really solid. They use way more practical effects than CG, even though the trailer makes you think otherwise. I, I really enjoyed that movie. Did not expect to. And it's the same way with this, Dead Snow. I thought to myself, eh, I don't know, it could be alright. I saw the original trailer and I'm thinking, production value looks okay. And in the first one, the production value isn't the best. There are times where it looks spot on, but remember, you're dealing with the snow and especially in the first one there are shots that definitely look green screened whether they are or not the way the camera is and the perspective makes it look fake and part of me doesn't think it is part of me just thinks it was how it was filmed and in that in just that way they had the perspective but it's it the first one's good it's gory man it, you know the fir- it is a it's like an old school splatter gory 80s style film. It hits a lot of the traditional tropes but at the same time subverts them a bit because you have Erland who's after or who's into this character this girl Chris. Chris seems like she's into him. She's really hot though and he's not, you know. And <laughs> right. they're going off the traditional stereotypes of that. 
Except she, knows she's like totally into him and has sex with him in an outhouse. And it's kind of disgusting. It's it's a very because odd she, she beginning lick, to she this. She like licks his fingers after he's what? It's it's kind of gross. She's into some stuff. Uh huh. You also end up with some characters dying who you don't expect to die. Characters surviving where you're like, how the hell did this character make it through? So so I guess the premise of this is we have seven people who have gone out to have this vacation out at one of their friends mm-hmm. cabins one of them was supposed to get there ahead of time we see her get killed in the beginning of the film yes so then we end up following the rest of the groups as they end up getting there and everything seems like or i guess it's eight friends and seven end up making it yeah um they all end up getting there and and everything seems like it's going to be just a good old time until they find some nazi gold it's like yeah just in this cabin, just like sitting around. It's, a, it, it's so. Here's the thing. Uh, we like the way that this starts off is a, it's very. I wouldn't say completely like cabin in the woodsy camp, but like it's the uh, it's that typical slasher absurd start. Oh um, yeah. But then it, but its pacing keeps turning things on its head. Like you kind of think that it's going to be paced like a cabin in the woods or like a typical slasher pacing thing but right. it's really not and it very much like it kind of threw me for a lot of the movie because i kind of kept wanting it mm-hmm. to go in that direction uh, but it kept not doing that yeah well what also is weird to me is that sarah the girl who gets killed in the beginning vagard who's her vagard i don't know how to pronounce his name uh yeah. her boyfriend he owns this cabin right yet he's never seen this old guy who just comes through this this weird hiker comes through and tells him this story about the region has this really, really terrible past and how the Nazis came in there and then the town a- ambushed them and then they ended up killing all the Nazis, but they are not killing, but everyone like froze out there. The whole a bunch got away. The survivors got away, killed some of the Nazis. Survivors ran out into the mountains and froze to death or some shit like that. So he's like, this right. place is cursed. You shouldn't be here. And I'm thinking, is this guy, his family's owned this cabin for all this time didn't know about that history also didn't know that he had like this little wooden box that had all this gold in it it's it's such a weird conceit for this movie is just to have all like all of these things placed in like exactly these perfectly odd places uh and it, it again the movie doesn't seem to show its age until i keep looking at all these characters like the way that everything is laid out, the way it dresses, it feels very 2009 the more and more I watched it. Because I remember seeing this a while ago and didn't really think anything of it. But I'm like, oh, this is showing a bit of its age here. Yeah, but how, do, how does, how does these... it, what is, I, I'm trying to figure out what does 2009 look like as far as, it's. It... Be, I mean, I get that it has kind of an older look to it, but it almost, to me, has more of a feel... Because of its budget, because we're dealing with an $800,000 budget, it has one of those sci-fi channel original movie looks to it, but not terrible. Very true. It's like a good version of a sci-fi channel original movie. Yeah. Yes, and that's what I mean. It's more of like a throwback to a time when when movies like this were a bit more simple and less like plotty. Yeah. It's less less needlessly complicated and a bit more leaning into the, I guess, quote-unquote easy plot. I mean, they just say. they just straight up go splatter horror. What I see more in this yeah. is I see, yeah, I guess I can see where you're coming from with that. I see this as being almost like something the Asylum would put out, but good. 
Like, if they made okay. a good version of what an Asylum film was, because the first one especially, because it's its own weird, strange feel, especially when we get into those final attacks where they're fighting the zombies, uh, the Nazi zombies out in the snowfield. Like, some of it looks really mm-hmm. good, some of it looks a little strange, some of it I'm like, oh, this is a high-quality film, some I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know, but I still, I'm enjoying yeah. it. I'm having a good time with it. Uh, and then you get into the second one, and the second one's like high gloss. It feels like the whole way through. So Very you can definitely so. see like what he was going for, and this was more of a, a labor of love getting this movie made. So we have a director who's working on a very limited budget on this first one. So any any issues that we had or any issues that I have with it, I kind of brush off. I remember seeing this movie the first time and just, I don't know, there was a lot of hype behind it. And I think I actually saw the dubbed version the first time, which is why I don't think I liked it. And then later on saw the actual subtitled version, which was way better uh, because I remember watching this back to back when Dead Snow 2 came out since Dead Snow 2 picks up right after Dead Snow. But yeah, man, this, I mean, if you want a good gore fest, this is that gore fest. And there's a lot of stuff that happens in it that I didn't expect. Uh, and there's a couple of camera tricks that are done in this film that I really, really, really enjoy. Yes, it's a, it's a very clever movie because what it's trying to do is emulate a lot of those, I guess you could say like Sam Ram- Raimi-esque uh, types of classics with the amount of, uh, Goran Camp of like a normal like early 2000 slasher film. I really really enjoyed it. But I think the main thing to take away from it is its uh, its ingenuity because it's it. I could feel the fact that it's kind of on a mic not a micro budget but a smaller one for sure. And these Norwegian films they always seem to have quite a lot more heart than I uh, than I anticipated. And this one actually is a surprising amount of uh, decent story to go along with it. Yeah, there's actually story and banter which makes sense between characters you have one of our main characters who we who we think is going to uh i guess i guess make it through the entire time that doesn't seem to to happen so much um hannah and we're introduced to her right away and martin which is her boyfriend who's afraid of blood so he's he's going Uh to be a doctor and he can't handle being around blood (laughs) which is a very fun thing which later on that that's not a factor anymore for him because that's all he's around mm-hmm. uh but when you you're introduced to him and then you roy which is his friend and the guy who played roy is actually the the co-writer of this film um, and i think the sequel as well and he appears in the sequel as a totally different character oh does he oh, oh yeah, yeah no he does he does it's the um yeah that's yeah right. stig freud henriksen um mm-hmm. yeah he's roy in this and then he plays actually yeah he plays glenn in the sequel uh, so right. it's really cool to see you know him coming back as a different character and how they were able to keep that going. But you're not expecting Martin to actually make it through this film. With no, how, with how they set he, it up, Martin seems like he is he is going to die. Mm-hmm. And they set it up in a very like I guess a very matter of fact way. It's a very big bait and switch from what from what I would have thought. Yeah, it's a huge bait and switch. So we found that they, you know, they find this Nazi gold. What's weird is that Vigard's not there when they find it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a little strange. You know, he's off looking for Sarah when all this gold is found. I'm pretty sure at that point. I think he's already yeah. left. And yeah, he has. Which kind of makes you wonder what sort of family origins and family roots he has if they have this gold, you know? Like, how deep does a lot of that stuff go? Did his family, were they one of the ones who, you know, killed the, or 
killed some of the Nazis and, and left them to to freeze to death in the woods or in the in the mountains. We start getting attacked. They start getting attacked at the cabin. I think it's a really cool point where they see. I think it's Sarah. They see Sarah's head at the window and she sees her for a second and then the head moves up and it's not on a body and gets thrown through the window it's really really messed up and then you end up with one of my favorite kills it's when erland gets just his head just torn in half and his brain just blats on the ground it's so it's 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 a very it's a very very like inventive kill from what i'll say it's uh it's one of those ones where i'm like oh wow you like actually thought about how to do this for a disturbing amount of time knowing the amount of work that it would go into making that effect happen oh yeah uh, no they definitely they definitely put their time into it and there that's just one of the inventive kills i think my ooh ooh wait actually i have to say my favorite kill in this when live um gets knocked out oh god that's that, a man that is one of those because you don't expect that in a lot of horror movies a character gets knocked out and they somehow are able to get out of it and or maybe they'll get killed later Mm -hmm. it's very gruesome Liv gets knocked out and she wakes up and we get her pov and she's being eaten by nazi zombies they're like ripping out her intestines and just like feasting on her it really is some burly stuff it really is but instead of it being the traditional oh she just the eyes close back you see her reach up and pull one of their grenades (laughs) and that to me is an amazing moment because then you get a zombie looking at a zombie pov and then from a distance as hannah's running away you just see this explosion see and it's that sort of creative like it's not even just the inventiveness of what transpires in that sort of kill it's the way that that movie presents it exactly uh, yeah in such a fun way that i'm like that's that's where you get extra points because you could have done this where at a simple thing where you just see someone at a wide shot or a medium shot Mm -hmm. boom they pull the pin and they would have been perfectly perfectly acceptable Eh, Uh, i mean it would have been it would have been acceptable in the fact of oh well they just did that again okay yeah no and but but again it's the it's the type of thing where like it adds a little bit more flavor to it oh absolutely when you go when you go pov if you're doing it and it's justified it can work really well it makes that a memorable kill it makes it a memorable moment yes yeah that that actually almost it almost seems like it would be in a different movie in the way that kill I mean, yeah, is in particular, because it's, it's very, it's it's super stylized. It's it's like we said before with um, Wormwood, where there are sh- like little tiny moments of things that are very much influential of other films, and yeah. it's a grab bag of all of those things. And this movie very much has those small moments of like, oh well, where did that come from? Like that's a that like not even not in even in a bad way. It's more of just like, oh, this is a like a new way to show us this well this is a lot of take notice of after a while right this is a lot of um pulling stuff from you know 80s splatter films that's that's pretty much where he was going with it and this Mm -hmm. this is a splatter film through and through that's what this is uh oh yeah yeah, and then when this i will say and it, it hits a lot of traditional tropes too because you have the the little hiker guy who comes through you know, he has his coffee. He tells Hannah that it's absolute ter- It's terrible. The coffee's bad. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever. He tells him his story, and he goes out into his tent and gets disemboweled. 
you know, just yeah. gets absolutely butchered. Which actually, I, re- I really liked that kill because it's like, it's always from the outside of the tent and you just see like the blood like come onto the tent wall and the tent wall and the tent wall. Yeah. And then uh, it's that super wide shot, which I'm guessing is probably digitally enhanced, but it's like, it's that super wide of just like the night with the mountains and then like that tiny, tiny little flicker of light from the campfire. Yeah. Uh, it's really, really good. I, like, again, it, a lot more thought than most would have been put into this. Uh, I, I really have been... I, I, I'm still really struck with how 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 inventive this movie can get. Yeah, I mean, it kind of uh, touches on a lot of stuff, too, because you have Erland wearing the brain-dead T-shirt, and he dies mm-hmm. in almost the exact same way as the cover art is, where yeah. the character's head's being pulled apart. Yeah, um, in that sort of... In that, like, the higher Pez dispenser type of way. Right, right. And it's just... The whole thing is just absolutely ridiculous. They also use intestines for a multiple... Uh, multitude of things in both films. Um, mm-hmm. In this one, they use it as a... To sling... Or as a rope, basically. When one of the characters is, like, falling off the side of a cliff. Yes. And he uses it to hang on. I'm just like, this is... Mm-hmm absolutely ridiculous but it's great it's <laughs> utilizing everything uh that you can for this mm-hmm. so I, I was looking this up and it looks like they're drags i guess drags i don't know how to pronounce that mm-hmm. but that's more drags. the, a, the yeah. undead that guard certain treasures and it's kind mm-hmm. of like you mess with the treasure they will come back and they will mm-hmm. just destroy you so you see that in a lot of games like skyrim and anything that deals with norse norse mythology so it's interesting to see that that's where they were pulling that from. And then also, it says that this was inspired from basically when Call of Duty did the Nazi zombies. I mean, it's... It's, it's around I, the time, 2008, basically, was when that started. It was exactly what I thought of when I first saw this movie. Yeah. Like, way back in the day, I'm like, are they just, like, doing a Nazi zombies movie from Call of Duty? Because I remember that being very, very, very popular at the time. And it was so much a, <laughs> it was it was so much a thing where I'm just like they just ripped this off, and I kind of wrote this movie off for a little bit, just thinking yeah. I'm like, oh, this is they're just capitalizing on this sort of trend. But like, it's it's got a genuinely like valid <laughs> meaning to exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was really 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 happy that I actually revisited it for that reason. Yeah, and it's also interesting too because there's a lot of mythos and zombies that are somewhat dispelled in this film. Uh, mm. characters get bitten. Martin gets bitten and decides he's going to cut his arm off with a chainsaw, a la Evil Dead 2. And then he gets bit in the crotch right afterwards. <laughs> and, Which is, uh, yeah. uh, hilariously slapsticky. And he just um, looks down and it's like, uh, uh, no. Like, at that point, he just, because he cauterizes his arm and everything. Uh, And it's such this big moment. And and then for it to just be undone immediately where it's like, well, I guess if you turn, you turn then. If not, Mm -hmm. then you cut your arm off for no reason. (laughs) Uh, Which I guess it does. It has a a reason once we hit the sequel. They do tie everything back together really, really well. But then we we see a bunch of other characters start biting the dust. Uh, Roy ends up running into a tree branch and getting disemboweled after he gets hit in the head with a hammer um, by Herzog. You know, oh, right, 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 right. By yes, the general, yes, yeah, Herzog. True. So he comes in and he hits him in the side of the head uh, and he gets disemboweled. We see Vigard get just ripped into pieces, just literally mm-hmm. which drawn is, and quartered. Which is really crazy. In in the most absurd way. You know, When that starts happening, I always find it comical 
because that's not pe- people wouldn't just tear apart and pop out like they're an action figure yeah exactly and, and you're just pulling at the ball joints and everything just magically pops out at the same time that just seems you know not supposed to make sense which no is it's fine. Go- it's goofy and it's meant to be goofy and it's you know it's slapstick very trauma-esque type over the top horror but at the same time if you're gonna do a scene like that nah, whatever it's still that to me that's the only part where i'm just like all right this is really it takes you super, out of it a little well, bit it's, 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 it's absurd it's super cheese yeah that's like the right. super cheese moment of this but then you know we get into one of the one of the shock moments of the film which also is one of the dumbest moments of the movie as far as what a character oh would yeah, do, yeah 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 is mm-hmm. you you know you have you have Martin hacking these zombies up, just going crazy, and then someone grabs him from behind. Of course, he's gonna swing, thinking it's a zombie. No, it's it's Hannah, and he's put a hatchet right in Hannah's neck, and that reveal is just so depressing. It is, it is, and it, it, like I think only for the uh, the amount of remorse that you can see from him is it worth it. But like, man, it's uh, it, it's it's again, it's one of those things you're just like. Mm. I, w- I wish that it didn't do that, but like it's a, it's a smaller thing to deduct from this movie overall, because it's got a lot more going for it. I think in the positive column than that. Yeah, I mean it's really really twisted though, as far as as far as how you would expect this film. You just don't expect that because you followed her. She's made it falling off a cliff with a zombie somehow has made I, it. Yeah, and because they talk about you know if you're in an avalanche, what do you do? Um... And they're like, yeah, people didn't know how to get out, and they took all this time, and that's how they found him dead. And he's like, dude, just spit, <laughs> like, 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 like gravity, man. It's, I and suppose it's, I it suppose. is one of the most logical things, but I, it, people don't always think that, I guess. No, but again, it's like you know, okay, when we have this type of movie that allows itself to think like that all the time, mm-hmm. uh, we can, you know, it, it's. It keeps do- it does keep asking those liberties of the audience just to be like, all right, well, th- th- this is gonna happen now. <laughs> yeah. The uh, uh, so I'm I'm kind of okay with that overall. I think it's just more of like, how much are you willing to roll your eyes with come the end of this movie? And I think it's just hitting that line. Uh, oh sure, sure. It. it just gets to that line, but then with the way it ends, I really enjoy that ending. You know, Martin understands. No, it is. It's very fun when. Um, Herzog ends up killing Roy. He reaches down into his pocket and pulls out like a watch or something. And then Martin realizes, oh shit, they're coming back to get the stuff that they took, that they were playing mm-hmm. around with. You know, he goes back there and in this this final plea moment just hands it over from the burning cabin. By the way, the way the cabin caught on fire was hilarious. They had these Molotov cocktails. <laughs> yeah. You're expecting a huge moment. And then Roy just instead of throwing it through the window throws it right into the wall it's it's crazy and the whole place just starts going up in flames and i'm thinking to myself no shit man you've never been in this situation do you think you're magically going to be able to throw this thing with perfect accuracy i don't think I, so. <laughs> and again where it's like i the suspension of disbelief by that point yeah i'm like all right well i guess we can do this now i'm already willing with the nazi zombie premise to like go for a lot mm-hmm. you'd say uh, so I guess I'm just like, yeah, I throw my hands up near the end. Well, I just like that they fight back, too. These are characters that True. actually are trying to survive, and we stay with some yeah. for a long time. Normally, some of these characters, like Hannah's character in any other horror film, would have been killed off almost right away. And the fact that she makes it 
so far into the movie, you're expecting her to be the main character. Yeah, no, they they won't they don't waver for sure. Uh, and it's it's refreshing to see because it won't take like an entire film for one character just to gather up the courage to kill start killing zombies like at the 45th minute. Yeah, after uh, they've let a bunch of their friends die, and then they finally right. have like, to to do it. And thankfully, it's like, well, I'm doing that's this for them, the and it's yet. like you let them die. Like, why? Well, now yeah. you're gonna do something? But yeah, this this basically subverts that completely. Thankfully, yes. Uh, no, I'm I'm very very happy to to see, to see that that wasn't the case. Yeah, um, um, but, but it looks I th- like I think overall going into the sequel uh, well, to talk about. I mean, before I, we it, even get into the sequel, it's it's how we get to the sequel, right? So, mm-hmm. so Martin has handed this off to Herzog, and it seems like he's gotten away ish. I mean, you're still expecting something to go wrong. He runs down to the car, he gets in. It seems like he's got his one arm. Oof. Seems like everything is going to be maybe okay for him. Mm-hmm. And then he drops a coin, falls out of his pocket. Yeah. And just that, oh shit, or oh fuck moment, or whatever. And then he just right. looks up, and there's a fist coming right at the window, <laughs> and it's Herzog, and it just ends right there. Now, what I love about the sequel is that it picks up literally from right there. Exactly. And that's that's a very, very, very good thing. <laughs> Five years, five years later, this movie comes out and it picks up from that exact moment with a with moment. a brief with a brief you know uh, backstory. You know, just in case you hadn't seen the first one, it's very Evil Dead. Actually, it's very Army of Darkness with its backstory mixed with Evil Dead Two of picking up at a certain pivotal point. Right. Which, if you were to exactly. pick this up from Evil Dead, it would be that screaming moment of him, and then him getting hit but they do that weird abridged new version of it for Evil yeah Dead exactly too. um but this does not mess with any of it this is a perfect timeline this keeps everything going he has the same hair that he did in the beginning with mm-hmm. that weird they look then, more or less the same and then he's in the accident and they cut his hair in the hospital so that's why he has the yeah. shaved head afterwards so it all really works as far as what they're doing now he is he has been seen as the murderer doing all of this and at the beginning um martin is being attacked by herzog he is able to get the car moving is able to kind of get away and herzog's arm is sheared off Mm -hmm. and then martin gets into an accident and then there's a there's like that truck driver right there's a truck driver who comes out or something in the beginning yes yeah 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 yeah. right Mm -hmm. and then he ends up getting killed uh but we end up going over to to the hospital basically because, um, yeah, the truck slices off Herzog's arm, and that remains in the car with Martin. And then Martin ends up passing out. They don't believe him at all. They think he's this murderer. They think he's done all this terrible stuff. But then the doctor's like, but don't worry. It's not all bad. We found your arm, and we were able to reattach it. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I- "I'm wait, I'm sorry, what? And he yeah. looks down. <laughs> Which and is like, he's that got, doesn't happen. <laughs> and it looks totally, it doesn't even look like it would be his arm. You know what I mean? It doesn't even look like it would Not be his arm. Not even close. And he's got Herzog's arm now where his old arm was. It's it's so weird. This is a weird place for this movie to start. It is <laughs> the best place for this movie to start. Because this movie decides, this movie goes all out. If you thought, if people like the first one, the first one is very self-contained. It takes place pretty much in the cabin and in this small little area around it. Mm-hmm. The sequel is like all about the town. The sequel 
it, it goes international essentially by bringing in, um, you know, the zombie squad. Yeah. Which was absolutely ridiculous to have that group appear in, in this film uh, with Martin Starr heading up the entire or the three people who were part of the zombie squad. <laughs> um, but yeah, he wakes up in the hospital. He goes berserk with that arm and ends up slicing open this doctor's chest, which I'm like, that doctor has to be straight up dead. Like, there's no way oh, that doctor's sure. alive. Like, he just got splayed open. Uh, and then when little Bobby comes in, this American tourist kid, that is that is one of my favorite. The The dark humor in this movie is so... It, this movie leans good. a bit more into the comedy aspect uh, it, the second time around. Oh yeah, uh, which, which I which I really like because it, like I feel like Dead Snow one already knew how ridiculous it was, but it never really like had I guess I I guess you could say as much fun with it as it could. Uh, I think this is very much that movie where this this movie goes there and does get cheesy at a few moments, and it's mainly like when the zombie squad are talking. Um, yeah. Actually, it's mainly it's mainly when they're talking, uh, but but for everything else, it's really solid. Like everything Martin does in this movie is is just amazing. His performance is absolutely just it's it's really awesome. Especially in this first scene where Bobby comes up and he's like, "Hey, uh, yeah, I heard that you're this crazy killer. Oh, okay." And he's like, "Hey, can you get me out of here? Oh, I'm not supposed to. I I have chocolate." And the kid's <laughs> like, "Oh, okay." And he lets him out. And he tells the kid he doesn't. It's like have it's all you need. The kid gets pissed, and Zombie Arm, when he's like, "Oh, I got to get out of here," Zombie Arm's like, "Okay," grabs Bobby and throws him. And I, <laughs> first time seeing this, was like, "What the? What just happened?" And then you see like the entire the bars are just completely destroyed and bent outward. And then I'm like, "Holy shit, what?" And then you just see Bobby on the ground out there. You know this kid is just dead. There's no way. Yeah. But he's gonna perform CPR. With his new zombie arm, which pushes right through him, and just meat splatters up all over Martin. This kid it's has so just been good. turned into paste. It's so good. It I, is, I, I absolutely love that moment. It was that I remember seeing and just being like, "Oh my god, this just went there!" Like movies don't do that; they don't kill a kid. It is a rare mm-hmm. thing to actually go that far, and not just go that far, but show it. Like, in a very graphically grisly comedic, but, like, holy shit, right, that is yeah. dark. No, I... No, and you're you're absolutely right. It's very much... The, like, it is dark, but, like, for some yeah. reason, it was just so absurdly dark. Mm-hmm. And so absurdly out there. Because, like, we were, we were kind of, like, in that for a minute. With, like, it's absurdity. Yeah. And I think the moment that it does kill a kid, and I'm like... Yeah, fuck it. It's that's it's that absurd. You're gonna do this horrible thing. Like mm-hmm. that's what's gonna happen now. Uh, it, it's it's that, and I think it's the I think the cinematography game was kind of really stepped up here. Oh, totally. Uh, it's it's high gloss in this. It has that. Mm-hmm. It has a really nice sheen to it. Even in any of the moments that you're dealing with, like um, almost all of the kill stuff happens during the day. Yeah. It's it's this is a daylight splatter horror film. But it still works. Mm-hmm. I mean, when they're it's trying, just... yeah, when they go to wipe out Talvik and stuff, like people are just getting killed during the day. People on the way, as they're sitting around their homes, just start getting slaughtered by like, Nazi zombies who just start going mm-hmm. through and just killing anyone who they come across. I also want to like get to like one of my uh, 
one of my one of the interesting scenes that I saw when they were like converting that priest with like the the magic in right his face. right the magic arm that he has yeah the magic sorry the magic arm uh the like that sort of like scene of like dragging him out of the church and uh getting him to convert it's like a weird it's a very fascinating type of moment because i was like oh we don't see this <laughs> in no. in zombie movies we don't see like the the magic part of all of this that is easily tied in and i'm very very like again it, as inventive for the little things that this movie has going for it it's pretty inventive with the new things in the zombie canon that yeah. can be shown. Well, it's very... Uh, so this is almost like Return to Castle Wolfenstein in a way. In the way Overlord yes. is essentially Castle Wolfenstein the movie, this yeah. takes a lot of the supernatural elements from some of the earlier games and dealing with what the Nazis were trying to do, which was cheating death, resurrection, some sort of life serum, the occult... This movie touches on all of that without having to get too serious about it. Right. You know, it, it definitely plays it up as more of, okay, yeah, sure. And, I mean, we've seen it enough in pop culture that this is more believable, that he could use his magic arm to resurrect his own army. And then now Martin, having um, Herzog's arm, has that same power. Mm -hmm. And enhanced strength. Like, I really like that. Like, making him... Uh, a character who can fight and really take on these zombies is awesome. And watching the first time when that bus, that tour bus group gets attacked, um, right, and him just punching a zombie's head off in as you know as he's punching the the bus and just splattering mm -hmm. these zombies left and right. And then we get my favorite character in this entire series, sidekick zombie. <laughs> It's I love so Sidekick Zombie because Sidekick Zombie is in a wheelchair in the beginning. And then Sidekick yes. Zombie gets killed. Yes. But then Sidekick Zombie realizes he can walk and he is so happy. It is a moment <laughs> for him because he, he's, he gets killed and he gets brought back to life the first time, right? Because this is how mm -hmm. we find out that Martin has this power. And he brings this guy back and he's the guy can walk. But he's a zombie and he seems so happy. And then they realize he's, he just sees him and just kills him immediately because he didn't realize he brought him back to life <laughs> by touching him. So then he brings him back again. He brings back Sidekick Zombie a lot in this movie. And you start to feel bad for Sidekick Zombie being physically but it's also, abused. But Sidekick yeah. Zombie just wants to help. Right. And it's so it's so funny because of uh, it's like it reminded me of like Ted from Scrubs, where it's just like, oh, it's this one character that like we're just going to shit on the whole time. And ultimately, it's cruel, but we're having a good time and it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait. No, then. No, I guess the first time. Oh, yeah. He, he brings back the zombie the next time. And he's like, oh, man, I have this power. Then we're introduced to the zombie squad who shoots that zombie in the head right away. So, yeah. Sidekick Zombie is killed twice within minutes. Technically three times within minutes. And then keeps getting brought back. Their car gets stuck at one point. So they use him underneath the car. Which, that was brutal, man. You're just watching the car on his crouch just, like, smoking after a while. Until it, like, rides up his chest and the side of his face. Then he touches him again. And you see the zombie, mm -hmm. like, just moving. Yeah. And, and it just keeps coming back until he finally... There's like a moment where he gets the shit kicked out of him so long, he finally ends up killing a zombie. Like he goes batshit crazy on him and kills a Nazi zombie. 
in this. He's so happy that he does it, and then a tank runs him over. Which, it's, I gotta say, it, it, like, the fact they used a tank in this movie, and, and also ran over a group of kids with said tank so damn so damn crazy like they just did not it, it was it was pretty much like any fucks that they had were gone when it came to making right, this movie no. they were just like yeah, oh cool sure. um yeah you're all dead now oh it's uh, yeah i it, again i it, the fact the the coin flip of this movie knowing how popular i, I the, the sequel could have gone so many ways because again this like the first it could one have been was absolutely terrible it could have been so bad but this is this is basically everything you could have wanted and more and you even have some i would say some of the dumbest jokes are said by the zombie squad so it's daniel monica and blake she, blake's kind of she's i guess she's the one with the glasses she's like kind of super nerdy i almost seems like she's daniel's sister or something, or one of them seems like it might be Daniel's sister, because they yeah. all talk about living with their parents and stuff still. And then all of a sudden we get a bunch of weird Star Wars references yeah. and stuff, and I'm like, oh. It, it, that, that part seemed a little too cheesy. Like, some of it mm-hmm. got, and they call, they call it out, but even their call-outs seem cheesy. Were weird. Yeah. On something that was already not working. Because that's the thing, I was like, maybe you're playing off of your popularity in the States because... This movie was such a hit. I don't know. Sure. It's a very odd. It, it it's a very odd sort of like way to take this because this movie is very self aware of its uh pre- of its predecessor's success. I guess you yeah. could say, and it takes that in odd directions because yeah. like we get to see like because there are prominent American actors in this movie now. We we have things that are a direct result of this previous movie's success: higher budget, better sure. uh practical effects, all these things, and. It takes it in a way that's more comedic, more more over the top, yeah. more more tongue in cheek, but also in a weird way, like less serious. You could say. Yeah, I mean, it, it's the brutality is is it's way more of a brutal film. They yeah. don't really care a lot of the time who they kill, especially the townsfolk. They, if, if you're not a named character, you're you're probably dead in this, especially on that first attack with the bus and that group it mm-hmm. is extremely violent it is extremely brutal but that's also the way for them to get you know raise their army they need new flesh because originally they were the the bodies were too old and that's what i think the scientist zombie was telling them yeah. which it is interesting that you have a scientist zombie that's going around as well along with you know this priest zombie mm-hmm. like they really are it's the every it's the added sentience distinct. of all of this yeah Yes, there's a lot of of distinct characters in this um, that work better, and actually Herzog just looks better in this by far. The makeup is oh, is on fantastic. Point. It's fantastic. so good. The fact that you can see it in daylight and it still looks good. A lot of the time you mm-hmm. have to oh, throw this sure. stuff under colored lights for any of it to look good. But like even seeing the Russian zombies, because remember, if you got Nazi zombies, you got Russians. Well, then they have the Russians ones because Herzog's. Herzog had a group of Russian POWs, and there was mm-hmm. a burial ground for him because they were all executed by Herzog during the war. So why not have them be the ones to be on their side? So Martin is able to resurrect those zombies to go and attack them. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. they are overpowered by Herzog and the Nazi zombies, which finally leads to the Russian commander... I think getting a pickaxe in the head or something like that at the end. It's, and then yeah, it's just, pretty much that. He's done. 
Like, they just obliterate mm-hmm. them. Now, the one thing I will say is we end up having... We end up having uh, Glenn, Stigfrode Henriksen's character in this again. Uh, he works at a museum. So he kind of helps them out with a few things there. And is he's pretty good comic relief in this. And then he just ends up getting just obliterated again. Like, he just gets killed. The jokes yeah. in this, I don't think, are as good as some of the stuff in the first one. I feel like they're trying a little too hard with some of the jokes in this. I right. will say I find this to be a much more entertaining film. The fight in the house between martin and uh, herzog is awesome just punching him up through the second floor and he rolls down the stairs and is pulled oh, right sure. back up the fight on the tank like that whole scene <laughs> the yeah. fact that the the fact that somehow martin star doesn't have a weird ricochet when he shoots a gun inside of a tank and and blow out his eardrums i mean they definitely play this up as, as comedy more than the reality of what would have happened um yes and I also like the way that it, it, you know, comes to comes to a close, almost. Now, yeah, very true. The whole zombie squad lives. Mm-hmm. Monica, Blake, Daniel, every single one of them live. Uh, uh-uh. uh. Why do yeah, why no. do the why do the Americans the three who you get in this film? Everyone makes it through. That just doesn't. Well, not every American. Bobby was American. He he gets killed, but we don't we don't you know count him so much uh because we're bringing in these people as like main characters right they're supposed to be the ones who are fighting it but in the first movie it didn't matter anyone could die anyone could and i think leaving it where they're at this point where they are getting overtaken these zombies are like fighting them they should have been wiped out 10 times over by now there's no way that they're defending themselves that well no absolutely not and it's it's the it's the way that like this movie tries to play it safe yeah in a Too weird much? way, plays it safe because anything else, this movie's uber violent. They kill anyone else. They tear them into pieces. But no, very true. And it's and it's very like, I won't say like TV show safety, but yeah. it's so it's so very aware of what like its main characters want to get away with. It, it, and I'm like, all right, well, like you're kind of giving too many passes for the amount of things that you've subverted. The fact that everybody just gets off kind of scot-free is, yeah. like, I don't know, a bit of a letdown. And it's not everybody, but it's, you know, it's it's a big group of people. Now, I will say I do... Trip. I like the ending. It's a very strange ending. So you have the zombie squad leave, which basically at that point, we now can have a Dead Snow 3, and we can have spin-offs if we want to. They've, they've left it open is essentially what they've done with that. Mm-hmm. I think Martin's story might be... At a close, though, and a very weird, weird close. So, he decides to go back to the church where Hannah's buried, dig up her corpse, and bring her back as a zombie. <laughs> Which, again, like, alright. Yeah, but she's looking rough, man. Yeah, she's no, very rough, rough, of course. And it's like, she is, it's, it's a lot of gooiness and a lot of, like, mm-hmm. wrinkled skin and just really... She definitely looks like a zombie zombie. But he brings her back... And uh, I guess they make up because they start making out. And then I guess they go have sex. I, and it's, man. And it's a very, that part, I'm just like, this is just very strange and very weird. But I'm like, look, you know, you're, you're half zombie because you have a zombie arm. You can raise things from the dead. Your life is completely done with anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. So it ends with necrophilia. It's kind of weird. Uh, and then you have, <sighs> you have, yeah. I know, and, and to be like, hey, um, so the zombie movie ends with necrophilia, happy ending. 
And you're like, oh, that's strange. But then you see the sidekick zombie makes it back on, like, a crutch and just bones. And he knows what's happening, and he just seems so happy. He's like a little puppy. And he just looks, and Mm -hmm. he's like, oh. And there's just something weird about it where I'm like, I still... It works, man. I don't know why that works as an ending. It shouldn't. It really shouldn't. It really... I mean, yeah. I. But it, it does. I mean, but that's the thing. This movie's so absurd. It's so ridiculous that they just run with it. They just go all the way with it. And they're just like, we don't care. This is how it is. And then we do get a, a little post credit scene to see Herzog's head somehow got ripped from his body but didn't deteriorate. Or, you know, get obliterated by the shell. And the Nazi scientist zombie somehow didn't die and has found his head. Yeah. (laughs) Logic is not there, man. Logic's not there on that. But remember, in the first one, no one seemed to have found the coins yet, and Sarah gets killed by a Nazi zombie. Mm -hmm. How the hell did that happen? Where are they coming from? If you didn't, if you didn't get them by stealing their gold, how'd you get them? How did, or how'd she get killed at least? So, eh. Uh, Yeah. I... It's it's a lot because I I think the way that this movie comes together in the end, like sure, yeah. <laughs> I think it's just more some sometimes this movie's own attitude gets in its own way of having a better time. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. uh, because because all of the steps that it has are there and it executes them pretty well. I think it's just more like, okay, well, we didn't really need to, like, you know, put this joke in or have this thing happen along with this, like, if that makes any sense. Yeah. That's, so it's, a, it's an interesting double feature that we had here. I, I, I obviously, I would recommend, uh, I would come away rec- recommending Dead Space, or not Dead Space, oh my god, Dead Snow. Uh, <laughs> I would come away recommending Dead Snow at the very least for a pr- pretty much peak... <laughs> peak nazi zombie execution here and i think if you if you absolutely loved the first one see the second one uh because you'd probably be game for the heel turn uh in tone that this movie has like it keeps a lot good um yeah. but it, it very much tries something different which i respect and for the most part works well see i i, I agree I, I think the first one's really good i mean i i like it more now than i ever did you definitely see them back to back I think the second one, it's almost easier to get people who aren't into horror into horror via Dead Snow 2. As weird as that may sound, you know, you Interesting. get you get a retread of the first one, which does a lot of stuff that if you know horror, then it's really fun when you see the first one because you're like, oh, okay, it's paying homage to this, it's paying homage to this, it's doing this or this. The second one just feels like it's more accessible to a wider audience. So I've shown Very the true. second one to a lot of people who aren't necessarily into horror i'll show them dead snow 2 and i'll show them like tucker and dale versus evil oh tucker and dale god but bless. do you see do you see how these kind of have that yes. same weird especially with, paired thing, with that know? yes yes I, I i would i wouldn't even think to think of that yeah it's um, like a morbid morbid sense of humor it's super dark it's super grim i mean there are violent deaths in both films but the yeah, humor very true is just it's just fun. Like, at the same time, yeah. both of these movies, as dark as they can be, are just fun films. Uh, it takes Death it Snow on, 2, for sure. I'm genuinely surprised at how much I like it, despite how absurd it gets. Because it does mm-hmm. everything a trauma film would do. Literally, I've seen trauma films that not follow it to a T, but will have those same type of gross-out moments. Yet, they fall flat, or it just feels overly cringeworthy. And in this movie, it 
it doesn't necessarily feel super cringeworthy. It's just kind of, I find myself laughing in a, in a, I can't believe they're doing this way and not a, oh God, I can't believe they're doing this. You know, it's like the good type of way, not this like, oh, awkward, cringe inducing. Yeah, no, exactly. It's, uh, it's, it's calculated. It's smarter than we're making it sound because there are some dumb things that happen, but it happens in more or less a smart way. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're both, they're both solid. They're both, it's different vibes for each one i think that's why it works you know you get you get something that kind of changes up the formula a little bit um but expands upon what they did in the first one yeah no exactly yeah yeah so i think that is going to do it for us this week Mm -hmm. solid recommends from all Mm -hmm. uh rob what have we got going on next week so we're going to be taking a look uh samara weaving's in a new film called ready or not Yes, not Margot Robbie, not Margot Robbie, not yeah, yeah, yeah. Margot uh, so <laughs> I heard so many people. Everybody so keeps, many people they, say they that look, they look very, very similar, but no, very. <laughs> no, no. This I I got to see this uh, earlier this week. It is very, very good. You need to see it. If you're listening to this now and you haven't seen it, see it immediately. Support it while it's in theaters. You know this is how. Films like this keep getting made by, you know, having people go out there supporting them. Yeah, um, I've been hearing nothing but good things about this, and it's it's only a matter of time before we, we have to get to this one. It is, uh, it is very, it's very most dangerous game. There's a lot of that feeling to it. And there's a lot of, I, I mean, it, it, there's so much going on with that, but definitely most dangerous game is is how I, how I feel about a certain amount of it. It is, it is a blast. Go check it out, and uh, I'm sure, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Excellent. Well, good to know. And uh, for now, uh, where can we be found on the internet, Rob? Well, you can download the podcast, you know, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you get your podcasts. You can find us, Oh the Horror, hosted by Rob Holmes and Steve Allman. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, social media, at Oh the Horror Cast. And you can find us at OhTheHorrorCast.com. All right. And that is going to do it for us this week. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we appreciate it so much for you to still be listening this whole time uh it's been great to hear from you guys and uh we look forward to talking to you guys next week until then i'm steve allman and i'm rob holmes and we'll talk to you again soon look at me damien it's all for you now it is time to keep your appointment with the wicker man when there's no more room in hell the dead will walk here.